When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the Hockey News pregame show, the Boston Bruins still a Stanley Cup contender? Dallas Stars, are they a sleeper? Plus, we have Seattle Kraken team site editor Glenn Dreyfus to talk about the Kraken. Plus, Ken Campbell, the icon, is filling in. Stay with us. Brought to you by BetMGM and NorthlandHockey.com. It's the Hockey News pregame show. Yes, it's the Hockey News pregame show. I am Ryan Kennedy, joined today by Ken Campbell. Uh, Michael Jacobs is on vacation. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Perfect. The band is almost back together, too. That's right. That's right. It's an old-school <laughs> old school hockey feel news. to this. Exactly. And let's start <laughs> off with somebody that, at this point, we can almost call old-school, Marc-Andre Fleury. Goaltender for the Minnesota Wild, played his 1,000th game the other night, and he won it at that against his old mates from Pittsburgh. Uh, lovely ceremony for him, uh, a lot of good pomp and circumstance. But let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. It felt at one point early in the season that Flurry might have been kind of done. Now, it yeah. feels like he's legit back, so... Minnesota, probably not a contender this year. Do you think Marc-Andre Fleury could help out a playoff team at the deadline? Well, he's having a moment, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he really is. And, uh, I mean, you're right. Earlier this year, and there's been several times over the past couple of years where it's kind of like, okay, he's, he's done. Right. And, and he got to 1,000. Like, he got to 1,000. Fourth goalie all time. I feel like it might never happen again. I mean, like, Jonathan Quick is next on the list at 700 and something. Wow. You know, so, like, now the way goalies are deployed and everything, mm. I, I wonder if it's ever going to happen again. But that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, yeah, I kind of feel like like it's going to be his call, right? Totally. And, I mean, Colorado's just, like, screaming, right? It's just, like, screaming Colorado. Right. Or maybe Toronto or Carolina, maybe one of those teams. But, mm. like, to me, it just seems like the fit is – is Colorado, mm-hmm. and I mean, because I just don't trust their goaltending. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't. I mean, we talk about how Flurry has 553 wins, and and I guess wins, goaltending wins, really aren't that big a deal anymore, mm-hmm. as they shouldn't be probably, I guess, because Georgiev's right up there, right? Right. He's at, I think he's at the top of the league, yeah. and he hasn't been very good. So mm-hmm. I, I could see, like, maybe as an insurance policy, you know, kind of yeah. thing, that... Uh, you know, maybe Colorado goes into the playoffs with that. And, I mean, I guess it, it is an insurance policy. Yeah. I mean, because you never really know with, like, any goalie almost. But, I mean, Colorado can sit there and say, we won we won the Cup two years ago with Darcy Kemper. Yeah, right? and, so, and Kemper went out for a while, and Pavel Francouz took over. Right, And right. was good enough. He, was, he gave them what they needed. Yeah. And even when Kemper was back, he was basically playing with one good eye yeah, and yeah. still managed to win a series 
featuring Andre Vasilevsky. Well, yeah, I remember. I remember the last after the after the final game, uh, they they were talking to Kemper, and Kemper said, "Yeah, I had a that was a really nice third period to watch because basically Colorado didn't let Tampa touch the puck. Right, right. Yeah. So, so I I feel like that would be a fit. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And and a good guy in the room as well. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, so like he's not going to disrupt. He's not going to disrupt anything you have. Yeah, he's not going to you know. So then, so like, do you you know? Do you say why not? Do you say like, at this point, do you say we'll give you Bowen Byram? I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Like maybe that would be steep. That would be steep. But he's yeah. not like he's kind of had his struggles too, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, would, I, mean, I would go picks just because I'm more conservative. So, so but, a I second mean, and a fourth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, one team that does not need goaltending is the Boston Bruins. Right. Uh, Jeremy Swayman obviously doing the heavy lifting right now, but Linus Ulmark. He won the Fesna last year. But I want to talk about the Bruins because coming into the season, we're like, all right, no Bergeron, no Krejci. They're going to suffer down the middle. Matthew Patra comes in as a rookie and gives them solid minutes. Charlie Coyle has been a revelation. That's the guy. To me, that's the guy. Yeah. That's that's the guy who's, who's making a lot of this happen. Yeah, because how are they still the best team in the NHL? They played... They were tied with Vancouver, or I guess they were behind Vancouver. They played head-to-head. Boston Waxed blanked Waxed the Canucks 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. So legit, you're saying, you have to say at this point, the Bruins are the best team in the NHL. How are they? Because Patra's out now, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just a team. I always go back. It's, it must be the culture, the goaltending. I mean, what is it? Well, I think, I think that one word that you just used, culture. I mean, I think that's an overused word in hockey sometimes. Mm. Like you're always saying, they're always saying, well, we're trying to establish a culture here. We're trying to, but in Boston, there really is a culture. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think that there are people in that room, like David Posternak, like Brad Marchand, like Charlie McAvoy, who will say, this isn't good enough. We have to be better or, you know, whatever. But they are the ones who set the tone for that culture. Yeah, keep it going, and, boys. And the thing is, the thing is, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's all well and good to have those guys. Like, you know, you talk about guys that are good in the room mm-hmm. and, the, and they're good leaders and everything. But lots of times, by that time in their career, they can't do it on the ice. Right. Like, say, a David Backus or, you know, whatever. Guys mm. like that, they, th- by the time they get to the end of the career, they can't really do it. Right. But, like, Marshawn's being Marshawn yep. without the stupid stuff. Yeah. You know, Charlie McAvoy, he's been, he's been terrific. Yeah. You know, Pasternak's back to being what he has always been. Maybe you even know? a sleeper heart candidate. Yeah, he might be, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so, to me, like, I think that culture thing really has some – some some, some traction, some yeah. credence, because they have established that there. The guys that came before them, you know, the Charas, the the Bergerons, the Krejci's, everybody else, mm-hmm. they established that culture, and I think these guys are carrying it on. And I think, I think, and I also like as I also, as I also said, I think Charlie Coyle's been a huge part of this. I mean, Indeed. I always thought he was good. Like mm-hmm. I always thought he was a really good player. Yeah. I didn't know he was was he this versatile, this good, this much of a Swiss Army knife. Like he's been very very good. Yeah, definitely. It, it always felt like Coyle would, was sort of like, oh, he'd be like the perfect third-line center that could be your second-line center if necessary, but he has definitely stepped up. And uh, I want to talk about another team that's doing really well right now, the Dallas Stars. They have quietly taken over the Central Division. And, yeah. of course, 
a central division featuring the Colorado Avalanche, as, as we were talking before, and the Winnipeg Jets, who we talked about on this show before, yep. uh, because they've been doing real, really well this year. But to me, the Stars are a sleeper to go all the way. Like, when I look at this Dallas roster, they have a goaltender in Jay Gottinger. They have incredible defense led by Miro Heskinen. They have great depth up front, right? They have veterans. They have younger guys, um, you know, whether it's from Pavelski and Ben to Jason Robertson and Wyatt Johnston. Like, they have it all in my mind. They have good coaching as well. Are we not talking about Dallas enough? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I think think they kind of got lost in the shuffle with, you know, the great start that Winnipeg had. Mm. And now Winnipeg's kind of come back to earth a little bit. They've lost five in a row, I think. And, and you know, Dallas just sort of keeps chugging along. That, like, they, they sort of seem to me like the team that just, like, oh, we're playing Dallas. Uh. Right. You know, it's like, oh, man, like, really? We got to play them again tonight? Yeah. Like, they, if they suck to play against. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. And, and so, so, you know, I mean, and again, there's a, there's a culture there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a culture there. I mean, and, and you know, they've got... You know, Jamie Benn is having a bit of a moment himself too. Like he's he's another guy that we thought was kind of done, and yeah. and now he's he's potting the odd goal here and there. Yeah. He's he's been very good for them. You know, Rupe Hints is a guy like if you want to talk about people and teams, you don't talk about if we don't talk about the Dallas Dallas Stars. Mm. People don't talk about Rupe Hints enough. Very true. People do yeah. not talk about Rupe Hints enough. He yeah. has been ridiculously good this year yeah and and he's always been that way like a couple of years in the playoffs like he was basically like he was basically being put together before every game with like duct tape right. and lace and stuff and yeah. he was going out and being really good yeah you know so i mean when you have a fourth line of faxa delandria and um i can't remember who, who the right winger is on that oh. line but like when you've got that kind of depth throughout your lineup, and yeah. then and then you know another guy, Thomas Harley, like Thomas Harley, man, yeah, you know, living I mean, up to his promise. Thomas Harley and Noah Dobson have been like two of the biggest offensive revelations in the league this year. Yeah, very and from true. the back end, from the back end, yeah, of course, definitely. And then Matt Duchesne, of course, coming in and. Uh, have a lot of success with them too, so that was a nice little pickup for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there. then, and then, you know, and he's not even playing first line minutes right yeah. now. They've got Hints playing on the top, and then they've got they've got uh, they've got Duchesne on on the second line. Mm-hmm. So that moves everybody down. So Fax is now not a third liner. He's he's where he probably belongs on the fourth line. There you go. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning. They have been high for so long. Now they've been hit a little low. Some bad news. Coming out this week, Mikhail Sergachev will miss significant time due to a leg injury. So I put this question to you. Can Tampa still make the playoffs or has time, which is undefeated, as we know, and depth finally catch up to them? Well, I I think they can make the playoffs only because they're in the East. Mm. And really the only, you know, I mean, it's, I guess Pittsburgh could put a run together. I'm... The Islanders seem to be playing a little bit better under Patrick Waugh. Mm. Maybe they, you know, maybe they slip into that spot. And then there's Detroit. So you're you're looking at Tampa, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders for yeah. that for those last two spots. I think that's fair. So I, I mean, I think they could. Mm-hmm. I think they could. I I don't. They don't scare me. At all. It's not like the, at yeah. all. At all. If you're Boston and you're like, like you this have is to the face year, them, you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, no. This is the year where it's like, yeah, yeah, we're okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, you know, I mean, do you count out 
that group. I, that's that's the thing, right? It's like they're coached by John Cooper. Yeah. They have Victor Hedman. They have I Braden think, Point. They yeah, have yeah. Stephen Samkos. I still think you do, though. <laughs> I still think you count them out. Like, I yeah. don't see them, if they make the playoffs, being a team that's going to put on some like a massive run to the final or something like that. I just, I don't see it. It just, they're way too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They can't win on the road. Yeah. Like, they're terrible on the road. And, like, you know, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky used to be one of the most intimidating goalies in the history of the game. Yeah. I don't think he is anymore. 899 save percentage. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, to be fair, didn't have a training camp. Obviously missed time at the beginning of the year. And it was kind of funny that I remember on the show at the beginning of the season, we were like, wow, Tampa Bay's doing this without Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it just felt like, again, you know, I mean, Sergachev, obviously one of their most important defensemen. And, uh, you know, he's already missed time and now he's going to miss more. I mean, that's a huge blow for them. Yeah. Where, and, you know, to their credit, you know, finding guys like Emil Lilleberg uh, and getting minutes out of a Calvin DeHaan, yeah. Darren yeah. Radish. I mean, yeah. full points to Tampa sure, Bay sure, as yeah. an organization. Yep. But at some point, it just feels like... You know, like Nick Paul is minus 21. Yeah. Steven Stamkos is minus 20. Like, these are not characteristics of the Tampa Bay teams we're used to. Yeah, and I'm, I bet you it's driving John Cooper out of his mind. Right. No, no, seriously, I'm sure it's driving him out of his mind because they're big on setting a standard there, and mm. everything is either below standard or above standard. And there's been way too many games this year, way too many that have been, like, below... Like, not just below standard, but way below standard. Yeah. I, I just, I just, they don't, I, I think the biggest thing I can say about them is they just, they don't scare me. They yeah. just don't scare me at all. Yeah, they've been like terrifying not, for years. Yeah, I would now, not, not so if, I'm, if I'm going to the playoffs, I would not be intimidated by a Tampa Bay Lightning matchup. I wonder, too, like that first-round series against the Leafs last year where it kind of felt like Toronto figured out Vasilevsky. I wonder if that was kind of that moment where the rest of the league was like, Oh, okay. He's yeah. not bulletproof. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And and he hasn't been this year. I mean, he started the season hurt, and he's, he is coming back from an injury. So, mm. I mean, you've got to take that into account. And he's probably a guy that, you know, I mean, I bet you if you ask players, I don't think players know as much about other players as people think. But, but like, if you ask players... You know, if you could have one guy right. for the game of your life or whatever. Yeah. I bet you a lot of guys would choose Vasilevsky. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he's the kind of guy, and we've seen him do it a million times, sure. right? Like he, you know, when they need to win, he like shuts the door completely, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I, I suppose he has the capacity to do that again. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it yet this year. Waiting for it still. Yeah. You know, and if, if he does start playing that way, then yeah, but... I don't know. It just doesn't... Not right now. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting summer in Tampa Bay because you, if you're Julian Breezeball, you do kind of have to think long-term now. Like, are you becoming the next Pittsburgh or Washington? You are. Wh- you where, absolutely are. You yeah. absolutely are. Be, every, because everybody does that. Yeah. When you build the way those teams build, you become that. Yeah. And then it drops off and it falls off. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had a big hot take earlier this year that, you know, Steven Stamkos at the deadline. I mean, I, I, Julian mm. Breezeball has put you know, put that fire out right. emphatically. Yes. But if they are out of it... Yeah, philosophically. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know that he's going to sign back there. I'm not sure that... I, I think it spoke volumes that mm. they didn't even talk to him last summer about an extension. Right. And he came into camp and he was clearly a little bit 
peeved about, about that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that speaks volumes of what this organization thinks of him long term. Mm. I would not be the least bit surprised if he doesn't sign with Tampa after yeah. this year. It would be. It's wild thinking about Stamkos not in a Tampa Bay jersey. Yeah, that's one of those ones that would look weird. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, great for Puck Doku in a couple of years when we, uh, you know, have to have Tampa and you know whoever. Right. Um, another player that could be changing uniforms and probably will be is Chris Tanev of mm-hmm. the Calgary Flames. Highly coveted by yep. many a team for obvious reasons. He's yep. a fantastic player. Um, but what I had heard is Ottawa. The center's still interested in yeah. Chris Tanev, and yeah. my understanding is that they know they're not a playoff team this year or, or <laughs> really? a contender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what they would like in, in this scenario, they would like to see Tanev come in this year, get the lay of the land, you know, yeah. get everybody figured out, and then you know they re-sign him, and next year is the year where Ottawa goes for that playoff spot. The one we thought they'd be going for this year, and to be honest. Before, like the summer of Pierre. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, the summer yeah. of Pierre Dorian, yeah. So I'll put it to you a different way because we know Ottawa wants Chris Tanev. Should Chris Tanev want Ottawa? Do we see enough long-term potential in the sense for this to make sense for a guy that's already in his 30s who I would assume wants a cup? I would say an emphatic, big, fat no. Like why, if you can... If you can dictate your own destination mm-hmm. and you can go to a contender, why would you not go there instead of Ottawa? Like, Ottawa's been doing this already. They, they, they've... Ask Claude Giroux. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Jacob Ticker and I, like, yeah. like, so they're going out and getting these guys, but then they're still in second last place all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they're obviously, people are overvaluing their young players or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Ottawa's done this like why like why does Ottawa go and do this even I I don't even know why Ottawa would want to go and do this well I think they obviously believe in their core but at the same time like you look at goaltending and they thought Corpus Allo could maybe be the answer yeah, he has not been that hasn't worked out in that terms has of not worked out it has not worked like out. at all it's no. been like what we would say a disaster yes in terms of goals saved above expected Corpus Allo is one of the worst in the league right now. Down well, that's there good because Vanichek. I don't expect him to stop anything. <laughs> there you go. Like, I never expect him to stop anything. That's a new stat. <laughs> there you go. Well played. Um, it, it's funny, though, because, I mean, the Sens are so vexing where you look at those young players, and granted, they thought they'd have Shane Pinto for the first half, and yeah. that didn't yeah. happen. But Kachuk, Stutzla, you know, like... Uh, having Jake Sanderson on the back end and, you know, having some veterans mixed in, it felt like, okay... It could be them in Buffalo or, you know, Detroit and them or Detroit and Buffalo. You know, Detroit was the team that actually stepped up. Right. And uh, to be honest, I thought it was going to be Ottawa or Buffalo ahead of Detroit, but then Debrinkit turned an amazing move there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it just feels like it's just not there yet for Ottawa, is it? Well, it's not there yet. Like, and, and, like, don't you, at the end of this year, don't you look at your, your roster and your organization and say, okay, who's going to do it for us? Like who mm-hmm. is, who's, who's in and who's out? Like, yeah. and start thinking about that because I don't know, like to me, it's just like these young guys, what are they learning right now? Right. They're learning how to lose. Yeah. They're learning how to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so to me, it's just like, maybe we weren't quite as good as we thought we were going to be. Very and possible. maybe we have to rethink this, and maybe we have to move some of these young guys. I don't know, but like to me, it's just it hasn't worked in Ottawa. 
It's very true. Hasn't worked yet. All right. Well, right now we are joined by a special guest. We have Glenn Dreyfus, our Seattle Kraken team site editor. Glenn, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Glad to be the one wearing the goalie pads today. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's talk about the Kraken. Obviously, last year ended on a pretty high note. Their first ever playoff berth, and they beat the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. This year, a bit more of a struggle. Not sure if they're going to make the playoffs. And again, we've been talking some deadline today. You know, we've got a couple of weeks to go, but what does GM Ron Francis do? Should Seattle, in your mind, be sellers at the deadline? Well, a writer who I very much admire said that the Kraken should be sellers at the trade deadline. Oh, wait, that was you. All right. Yeah. That's a more reasonable expectation than that they should be buyers. Now, Ron Francis is loyal to his current team. And in fact, when he brought on Thomas Tatar, he said one of the reasons he did that was to show his team that he still believed in them. Right now, there's six teams within five points of the final wild card playoff spot. The Kraken or one of those in the Western Conference. So as long as they're within sniffing distance, they probably, unless they get bowled over by an offer for Jared McKay or uh, Jordan Eberle or Alex Wenberg, which is unlikely, uh, they will probably stick with the lineup that they have. The only thing that the success of the Kraken last year did, the only on-ice drawback, is that it may have unreasonably raised expectations. Well, speaking of raising expectations, there was a guy in that lineup that raised expectations sky high last year in Matty Beneers, obviously, who won the Calder Trophy and deserved it, was, was great as a rookie. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's really... Um, like it's not on we've seen this before sophomore slump? we've seen this before it's happened before uh but my question to you glenn is like he's getting he's getting lots of minutes he's been playing you know a lot he's been playing 19 20 16 minutes a game you know has moved down to the fourth line a little bit lately but what is going on with maddie Beneers? what is you know he's not putting up obviously not putting up the numbers that he put up he's he's not uh, he's not the two-way force that he seemed to be last year what's happening with him and uh you know when can we see him maybe turn things around a little bit Matty Beneers' two-way game is still strong as far as the defensive end of the ice as far as the offense goes when you win the calder trophy you put a bullseye on your back and the big strong men of the National Hockey League have been targeting Matty Beneers in some legal ways and sometimes in some illegal ways, like Cole Sillinger of the Columbus Blue Jackets boarding Beneers head first. So that's something new for Matty Beneers to deal with. He's finding out that when you succeed, you're going to be a target of the opposition. He has six goals, 19 points, 
to this point in the season. And if there's one thing he probably needs to work on in the offseason, it's getting stronger because the opposition attention isn't going to stop. Now, one thing the coaching staff has done recently is moved him on a line with Brandon Tanev and Ty Karche as more or less his bodyguards so that he doesn't get beaten up so bad. It hasn't shown results in terms of scoring immediately, but I can tell you that the Kraken aren't worried about Matty Beneers long term. Short term, it sure would be nice if he'd go on a hot streak. Fair enough. Uh, one player who has been rather hot for the Kraken all season is goaltender Joey Decord. And uh, pretty interesting because obviously when this franchise began, Philip Grubauer was the big name in net. But Glenn, you've seen some great things from Joey Decord. Joey Decord is not only the real deal, he's the full meal deal. He's fourth in goals against in the league among goalies, fifth in save percentage. He's death to breakaways. As you saw in the Winter Classic, he doesn't shy away from the big stage. And the reason he's a fan favorite isn't just his outstanding play, and he's played 20 of the last 22 games in net for the Kraken, but it's how he does it. He's electric. He's as good a stick handler as some of the skaters are. He takes one-timers in practice using his goalie stick. In a game, we saw him during a crack in penalty kill actually backhand a puck down the ice with the goalie stick, which is real tough. He's also acrobatic, and he's probably the biggest rock star in Seattle hockey right now. Yeah. Wow. I, what is it about goalies? Eh? They all think they're great out. Like, I don't yes. even know why they play goal. Right. Like, Jordan Bennington thinks he's a superstar out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, but I uh, <laughs> wanted to ask you about another young player, Shane Wright. I mean, you know, he's been down in Coachella Valley for, for this year. Um, I think that was a good move. I think that's been a positive move. I think that's they've handled him very, very well, mm -hmm. regardless of what other people may have thought. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, I mean, they're very cognizant. I know Seattle's very cognizant of keeping Coachella Valley competitive, and they are competitive again this year. Went to mm -hmm. the final last year, obviously. Yep. Came one game within winning the whole thing in, in their first year. Yeah. Uh, so they're very, I know they're very cognizant of, uh, of keeping that team competitive, but I'm wondering, you know, is there a chance we see Shane Wright uh, up before the end of the year, particularly if maybe the Kraken do drop out of it? Because I know you talked about how close they are and, and that, but like, to me, it's not even the point. It's the number of teams you got to get past, right, right. especially in like all these three point games and everything. Like mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to gain traction. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering if we see them out, you know, do they, um, do they maybe bring Shane up for a little while and and give him a, another taste of the NHL? And and if, as a further question, I'm wondering, is Dave Haxtell in any trouble here if the if the Kraken don't make the playoffs? To answer first your Shane Wright question, we've already had a stack a mile high of what's wrong with Shane Wright? Is Shane Wright a bust? The man can't even walk into a bar and legally order a beer yet because he's not old enough and a lot of people are writing him off 
if there is one thing the Kraken have shown that is unusual in sports, let alone hockey, it's patience. Shane Wright didn't come out of the box like a Connor McDavid or a Connor Bedard because his name wasn't Connor. And right. everybody who's not a generational player, it takes some time again to move from the junior ranks, uh, from captaining the World Junior Championship for Canada a year ago to the AHL honing his skills, refining it, like Beneers getting stronger. I still think Shane Wright has a bright and long future in the NHL. Will it come at the end of this season? Partly depends on whether other players are moved at the deadline. And if the Kraken are out of it, sure. With the way Shane Wright has been playing and he's been scoring at a prodigious pace, in the AHL as Coachella Valley has uh, surged to the top of the Western Division standings in the AHL. He, he's playing very well. He does deserve a shot either at the end of the season or next year. He'll be there and, and he'll do just fine. As far as Hackstall goes, I think the key thing is that even during the eight-game losing streak, he never lost the room. The players never stop <laughs> believing in him there, just as he believes in them. And his calm, even keel demeanor was part of the reason the Kraken were able to follow up an eight-game losing streak with a nine-game winning streak. Now, he got a contract extension this past season. So... It's unlikely that the Kraken, who I said are more patient than most, most pro franchises, would jettison him. Do you realize, and this is a good thing to close on, that Dave Haxtell is the longest serving coach in the Pacific Division? Kind of a uh. sad commentary on <laughs> NHL coaching longevity, but... Yeah. Dave Haxtell is already the dean of Pacific Division coaches. Right on. Well, thanks so much for that, Glenn. And after the break, we've got more of the Hockey News pregame show. So stick with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Hockey News pregame show. And as the trade deadline approaches, we're going to play a little game here. Can I call it should he stay or should he go in honor of the clash? We will clash. We will ah, clash yeah, on this, yeah, okay. maybe. All right. uh, let's go through some big names in the rumor mill. Right. Uh, and you tell me if they should stay or should they go. Right. Uh, and you can go either way here. If the, it's the player or should the team yep. go. Going to start off with Trevor Zegers. Now. Teams want Trevor Zegers. I don't know if Anaheim wants to get rid of Trevor Zegers. He's having an off year. He's been banged up. Yeah. But he is still Trevor Zegers. So should Anaheim dangle Zegers or 
Should they be happy with the, with what they have? Well, uh, should he stay or should he go? Uh, well, he can't go anywhere until he comes back. He's not back probably due till maybe the end of this month. Mm -hmm. um, but he should go. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, when I look at Trevor Zegras, all that ever keeps going through my mind is lots of sizzle, not enough steak. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I don't know, maybe the analytics crowd will crucify me for this, but I just don't, you know, I mean, okay, you score a mission goal every six months. Yay, great. Yeah. What, what are you doing? What are you doing to get better? What are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't yeah. see him, like, you, you want a young guy to be progressively learning, to progressively, <coughs> and it just doesn't seem like that's happening with Trevor Zegers. I wouldn't be, I, I mean, you, you know, if you're Pad for Beak, then, you know, you run, the risk you run, of course, is you trade Zegers Trevor Zegers and he becomes a 100-point guy. <laughs> guy somewhere else. Right, right. Um, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to think that there's just not enough there. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, Greg Cronin, uh, obviously a, a coach that, uh, ha you know, demands a standard. And it feels like he's, you know, Zegers has been open to things, but it's been a really tough year for him. Yeah. Um, even when he is healthy, he, he hasn't been scoring. But I think I might agree with you. And I almost feel like if Verbeek can make this deal now, then he can still trade off the fact that it's like Trevor Zegers. Um, Especially if you like, if you get another Cutter Goche kind of thing going. Well, that's the like, thing. Geez, I mean, you know, I mean, because then you look at again. I, I mean, in the last segment, we just talked about young players and how they're not as good as. But I mean, right. look what Anaheim's got coming up, like on that's defense. And, I yeah. mean, wow. And look at and even like Trevor Zegers needs to be obviously a top six forward to be effective. He's not. A, he's not a two way guy. No. But you've got Mason McTavish. You've got Leo Carlson. Um, you've got Cutter Gauthier coming up the pipeline, and the way he's played for Boston College as a sophomore really makes me think that he's going to be there sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. And then if you get another high pick, I mean, they could win the lottery again. You could get Max Celebrini, another right. center. Right. And you've got great D, you know, even though Drysdale was traded, you got Minchikov. You've got Olin Zellweger. Zellweger. Uh, like, mean, you've got Jackson Lacombe. Like, you've yeah, got yeah, options. Tristan Luno. Like, you, you're, you're just... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and so I, I, I wouldn't be that reticent to make that trade. And I wonder if, you know, like you go to Jersey and say, hey, you know, he's like Jack Hughes' best friend, hey? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they would, maybe what there you would got be some. Us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you have? Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. let's stick with Anaheim. John Gibson, the veteran goaltender. Um, you know, I, I, again, it, it feels like Gibson likes being in Anaheim. He doesn't have the same prominent role he once did. He used yeah. to be their bulletproof guy. But should he stay or should he go? If any team is interested at the deadline. Well, he seems to like staying there unless you hear, unless you believe the rumor mill, because apparently he said he was he wanted out. Um, a Thirty-year goalie with a couple of years left on his deal. I I, I would say go. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, like because by the time Anaheim's. Good, ready good. to to do anything, like yeah. ready to seriously contend. It's going to be Dostal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and and Gibson's going to be on the downside of you know of thirty. Yeah, I think people, I think people really like it. Ha sometimes turn turnarounds happen quickly. Sure, but I think people really, really underestimate how long a rebuild takes. It's a great point. It it it, it takes yeah. way longer than people think. Ken Holland once told me he said a rebuild from like when you cut it, when you take it right down to the wood, yep. 
A rebuild is five to ten years. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a real rebuild. A good, solid, well done, executed rebuild is five to ten years. It's not two years. It's not three years. It's five to ten. Yeah. It takes longer than people think. Dean Lombardi, when he was with Los Angeles, told me the exact same thing. He was like, yeah. it takes like eight years. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, it didn't start with the Drew Doughty pick. That right. was like part of it. Yeah. But that it's was like, kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, let's stick on goaltenders. Jacob Markstrom, all of a sudden, playing lights out in Calgary. But the Flames, we know they got a lot of guys that are going to move out. So Jacob Markstrom. Oh, oh, by the way, I think John Gibson, sorry. I think John Gibson should stay if he likes it there. Yeah. If yeah, he's okay. accepting that role, then it's like, why not? You live in the OC. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. If, if he's worst, fine being there. Worst places, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But Jacob Markstrom, if you're Calgary, all of a sudden, you could probably get a mint for that goaltender. You could. You could. And you've already you've already dealt Lindholm for a pretty good package. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know. Like, goalies... You know, we talked about flurry, everything. I, I just feel like everybody is guessing on goalies now. Right. So you just try and get a guy when he's in a really good couple of years in his career. Like, it, it all started with Devin Dubnik. Mm. Like, he was sitting on top of the... He was sitting on top of the, 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 the scrap heap. Right. Which is apparently... Uh, there actually is a scrap heap. It's behind a St. Hubert in Longueuil, <laughs> Quebec. But he was just there, and then he comes back, and he's like one of the best goalies in the league. Yeah. You know, so, I You're mean. like, who knows? Yeah. 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 Connor Ingram? Sure, why not? Yeah. 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 Aiden Hill Stanley Cup winner? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's like Thatcher Demko or like Connor Hailbuck, you're sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to a defenseman then. Sean Walker of the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, this is an interesting one because the Flyers have been playing much better than yep. we expected this year. Yep. But if you look at what they're building, Sean Walker is a little bit older than the core they're putting together. And when they get Jamie Drysdale, it all of a sudden, it doesn't make Sean Walker redundant by any stretch of the imagination, but it does make the Flyers pause and say, well, if we can get a first rounder and maybe even something else... Why not? So it feels like Sean Walker is going to get moved, but should he get moved? I say no. Okay. And I'm going to tell All you right. why. And I, and I say, I think the Philadelphia Flyers should just say, we're not trading Sean Walker. We know we're probably going to lose him for nothing after this year. And we're fully prepared to do that. Mm. Because I think where the Flyers are right now and the way they're playing right now and the, the opportunity they have in front of them right mm-hmm. now, I really think that... The Owen Tippets and the Morgan Frosts and the Travis Konechny's in there, they are going to benefit from playing meaningful games down the stretch yeah. and possibly playing in a playoff series. Yeah. Even if they lose in the first round, even if they get smoked in the first round, yeah. you know, you talk about what you're building and you talk about what you're trying to do. Well, like when you do that and your young players go through that, well, that's another development phase that they've gone through in their career. And I think that helps you as an organization. I think it pushes you ahead as an organization. Mm. And I think it moves things forward. I'm not here to say that Philly should stop the rebuild and Mm -hmm. should, should, you know, but what I'm saying is look at where you are and look at the benefits that you have. And to me, if I'm I'm, uh, I'm Danny Briere, maybe it's just like, yeah, we're going to lose them. 
Yeah, we'll keep them and we'll to keep them for this playoff run yeah. and our young guys will be all the better for it a couple of years down the road. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one because apparently he's a great guy in the room as yeah. well. So I, I do think that getting to the playoffs, which Sean Walker will help you do, is more important than losing him for nothing in the summer. Yep. Also, and again, you look at the Flyers and that rebuild and they've still got Maciej Mitchkoff in the pipeline. They love Oliver Bonk, yeah. who is a defenseman. Denver Barkey is he's another guy too. Like yeah. you know, Oliver Bonk scored his 20th goal last night. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I yeah. know they're very high on him. He's already played in one World Juniors for Canada, so bright future for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken it is time for rapid fire. It's been a while. It's been a while, and I'm ready. Let's do it. Connor, hit us with some questions. We're doing really rapid because yes. we're doing predictions. All right. Tomorrow is game seven of the rivalry series at 2 o'clock. Who takes it? It's currently tied 3 3. I'm going to go Canada. Marie Philippe Poulin, you can't beat her in a clutch game, and Canada's got the momentum. They've won the past three games of this series. Yeah, you can't beat her in a clutch game. Hey, maybe you might want to talk to the U.S. about that. <laughs> I know they've been three straight. I'm going to pick USA because of home ice advantage. Fair enough. Beauty. Battle of Ontario tonight. It's not what it used to be, but it's still pretty good. Which team starts a winning streak? And do Ottawa go to overtime for the third straight game? Mm. You know what? It feels like the Leafs go to overtime a lot against opponents below them in the standings. So I'll take that prop bet. Uh, I think it's going to be Toronto because I think they do need to keep in gear heading towards a solid playoff spot. I don't bet. I'm Mm. not a betting guy. But if I were a betting guy, I would, like, stay away from the Toronto Maple Leafs like the play. Fair. Because you never know what you're getting. They're the Tom Hanks box of chocolates. So who's going to win? I have no idea. The Leafs might win 10-1. They might lose 4-3. They might lose 5-1. I I don't know. You never know with this team. It's true. Yeah. All right. The Scuttling Kings face the Edmonton Oilers in a rematch of last year's playoffs. Mm. Who takes it? I'm going to go Edmonton because I bet they're still mad about Vegas breaking their streak and Los Angeles is going to suffer the consequences. I'm going to go Edmonton too. I mean, you're, you're expecting that new coach bounce, uh, which, which may happen, but yeah. I, I just think Edmonton's just... They're, Not they're, against Edmonton. They're a juggernaut right now. They yeah. are on some kind of roll. Yeah, I agree. All right. Tomorrow, there's an Usher concert with some football around it. Right. I know we're a hockey show, but... San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Who wins that game? You know what? I, I moderately follow the NFL, and I feel like at this point, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a playoff game. They just do it every time or pretty much every time. I don't know much about San Francisco as a team, but I just feel like Mahomes and Kelsey get it done. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. Like I just feel like um, they just I have I picked them to lose every week, and they they just keep winning. Right. And you know you just it's very difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Although Brock Purdy, you know he's another guy that's like he's been totally maligned this year, and he's been very very good too. But mm. I don't know. I just got to think that the the guys who have been there before, been there and done that, right. might be able to be there and do that again. Fair enough. We'll see. Final qu- prediction, Usher. What songs do you perform? 
Jen, I'll go to you first. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd have to know an Usher song in order to say which one he's going to sing right. first. I thought he did uh, turn, turn down, down for what, Yeah. but it turns out he didn't do that. There yeah. will be, however, there will be a lot of people showing people to their seats in the forms of Usher's at that stage. There you go. That's, I know that's all I got. I'm going to go with yeah. I think that's going to be the opener. That's the, and that's the end for us, thanks to... BetMGM and NorthlandHockey.com. It's been the Hockey News Pre-Game Show. See you later.